0: You are listening to episode number 60 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Hey there, and welcome to another episode. I'm so thankful and grateful for you joining me today. If you are in the middle of access testing, I want to wish you the best of luck, and I want to also remind you that the test scores don't define you, your teaching, or your students. Let's really keep that the focus during this testing season that our students are more than the test scores that they need to know, that they need to see that they're not, their English skills are not dependent on passing this test or not. So let's keep up the positive environment and don't let the stress of these testing seasons get to you. If you need more encouragement on that, you can go back and listen to an episode I did early on. We'll link it in the show notes. Just why We shouldn't be stressing about the access test right now and ways that we can better assess our students to get a better idea of where they're at. All right, we are in the series of small steps to success, and I am challenging everyone who's listening to be that advocate in your school to encourage all staff to find one way that they can begin to take a step to help our ELLs succeed. Last week, we heard an incredible episode from my guest, Jocelyn Hubbard, about small steps to take to create a culturally competent school. And I love this because one of the great ideas that she shared was having your school secretary be able to say hello in the language of your ELL students or a phrase or saying, nice to have you here. Welcome. My name is. We want everybody in the school to get on board with creating this culture of being welcome to all students and helping them find their place in the school. So when that happens, we are going to see our multilingual learners soar. We're going to see when they feel welcomed and loved that they are going to succeed. So that's why we're doing this series, so that we can just think of ways that we can each, whatever role you're in, be taking some steps to help our students succeed. Today, we're going to be talking about some misconceptions around ESL teachers, because I've been on both sides. I've been a homeroom teacher, and I've been an ESL teacher. And even though both roles are teachers, they're very, very different. And if I had never been an ESL teacher, there are things and misconceptions I probably still would be believing today. It's just part of who we are. If we are never put in the perspective of somebody else and put in their shoes, we we might not even think about it. And so today I want to highlight five misconceptions that people in the school might have about ESL teachers because some of you who are listening that are ESL teachers, you might be relating to these things and say, oh, I have felt that before, but I don't know how to communicate it. So I hope everybody who listens to this episode can see those areas that they might have a misconception and deal with it and make it right. And this is going to be a great place to start to help homeroom teachers and ESL teachers be on the same page. A lot of times we assume about a homeroom teacher in their role and we assume about an ESL teacher in their role. I know as a teacher, I had assumptions about the ESL teacher because I didn't see her all the time and I didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know which group she was pulling. I knew she only came and saw my student once. And then if she skipped that, then where was she? And I really didn't. Take time to understand what her role was and, and what her day looks like and what her caseload looks like and all the things that she's juggling. So that was how I acted early on as a homeroom teacher. And that's why I want to share this episode with you today, because this is really looking into the misconceptions I had as a homeroom teacher before I became an ESL teacher. And if some of you are in that same boat, this is a great place to start to learn, to be humble, and that's a great place to be able to move on. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a quick question. How different would your life be if you could confidently plan effective and engaging lessons for your ELL students in a fraction of the time? I created my membership, Equipping ELLs, to do just that. When you join, you gain instant access to the exact resources you need, proven and prepped for you, plus a supportive private community of like-minded educators. Join us today at www.equippingells.com. Now back to the episode. All right, so here we go. We're going to walk through five reminders as you build that relationship with ESL and homeroom teachers. So here are some reminders to help you begin these conversations. Reminder number one is that ESL teachers are trained professionals, and I know it sounds kind of silly that I'm saying that, but more often than not, I see in schools this superiority that homeroom teachers feel, whether they realize they're projecting it or not, that they are the trained professionals, and any support staff that comes in, whether it's a reading interventionalist, whether it's a special ed teacher, an ESL teacher, they are more of the help. They're more of the, they're almost treated like a paraprofessional sometimes. And that's not necessarily the case. The ESL teacher is a trained professional that has a degree and is the expert in knowing how to serve and help our multilingual learners. So they need to be treated that way. You have somebody in your classroom that knows areas that maybe you don't know that well, that can help in areas that maybe you don't have that same training. And if you do have that background in ESL, then that's an even better match because you guys are on the same page to begin with. But I've seen this happen over and over again that, That ESL teacher is treated more as an aide, somebody that just has to come in and can kind of fit into whatever you're doing instead of seeing that person as a trained professional, as as a respected peer and wanting to work together to do what's best for the multilingual learners. So keep that in mind. That person is an expert and they get to come into your classroom and you have that opportunity to work with somebody who knows how to help support your students in a better way than you do. And I think a lot of times as I look back on my own teaching when I was a homeroom teacher, even when I was a first-year teacher, I was very confident because I always wanted to be a teacher and it just came pretty natural to me. But I also was pretty controlling. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I was controlling in how things happened in my classroom, when things happened in my classroom, who was going to come in, what they were going to do when they came in. And I really kind of led that and directed that instead of seeing it as a open conversation that these are also experts, that together we can come up with what this is going to look like and how this is going to be best so that every teacher can be using their skills and gifts as best as possible. So that's a mindset shift that maybe some of you have, maybe you don't. Maybe you work really well with your ESL teacher. But I'm just reflecting on my experience that I had when I was a homeroom teacher and then my experience I had as an ESL teacher. When I flipped over and became an ESL teacher, my first position, I was part-time at the district office and I was a bilingual literacy coach. And then the other part of the day, I was a newcomer teacher. And I'm going to tell you, it was difficult to all of a sudden be the one that's going into the homeroom classrooms and asking permission to do things and pulling groups when I wasn't supposed to and them getting upset with me, even though we had decided on this time, or feeling more of a disrespect that I didn't know what I was doing. Now, were there areas because I was a new teacher that I didn't know what I was doing? Absolutely. And so that's where the ESL teachers, we want to come in and be humble and gracious and learn together. We all have things we have to learn. We don't have to know everything. And so there was a lot of learning that happened that year when I began doing ESL and I was a newcomer teacher. But it was really intimidating to have a team of teachers look at me and weren't really open to working well together and didn't really treat me with the respect that I was a trained professional. So that's reminder number one. Reminder number two goes kind of along the same lines, but I think it's worth mentioning. And this is the fact that ESL teachers are not homework help. Okay? ESL teachers are not homework help. What I mean by that is... I have seen this happen, and I hear from many people that are inside equipping LLs that a teacher will send an ESL student to the pullout group with an assignment, and this is what they're supposed to be doing when they're working with the ESL teacher. Are there times when this is this is acceptable? This is okay? Yes, absolutely, but. To only depend on the ESL teacher to do the accommodations that the student needs to be able to finish this worksheet, that's not their main role. Their main role is to support in-language learning. And they can do that in multiple ways beyond just you giving them a worksheet that they are supposed to be doing the highlighting or making a word bank or somehow creating this worksheet so that it fits to their students' needs. What I'd love to see happening is for this shift to happen where homeroom teachers, and that's next week's episode, we're going to be talking about how homeroom teachers can shift just a few things to really create a classroom environment that helps ELL succeed. But one of those shifts would be to take on that responsibility and not say, oh, this is for the job of the ESL teacher. I'm going to give this to them to take this worksheet and to accommodate it, and that's not my job. Or... Oh, we have this upcoming assessment. Okay. Can you take this and can you make it so that this student can can complete it? We, all of us, should be taking on this responsibility. Homeroom teachers, I want to encourage your encourage you, you can do this. You can learn how to accommodate an assessment so that the level of language learners in your classroom are able to complete it. And that is a fair and correct assessment. And this is where. It might take some humility, but to ask ask that expert, that ESL expert you have in your school and say, what's the best way to make this assessment work for the student's needs? Because I really want to see what the student has learned. And so I want to make sure I am removing any hindrances that are stopping this child, the student, from showing me what he's learned during this unit. So let's shift our mindset there and not just pass on homework pass on classwork to the ESL teacher to accommodate it for that student, but instead let's decide and say, hey, if I'm doing what I'm doing, speaking as a homework teacher, if I'm doing what I'm doing in the classroom to support my multilingual learners, if I'm doing what's best for them using scaffolds and strategies and learning how to better support them, then when they get pulled out and they go to work with the ESL teacher, I know they're getting even more. They're getting what they should be getting in a deeper way. So I'm giving it to them in the classroom, what I can give them, but then they're getting, giving, getting even more. So this is what's going to be success for them when it's not just happening when they're being pulled out a couple times a week, but that they're getting the foundation they need inside the homeroom room classroom. And then they're getting that additional support that they need when they are being pulled out. So let's shift that mindset and not just pass along worksheets that need to be modified and, a com- and instead, let's try to learn how to take on that responsibility ourselves and then let the ESL teachers do their job when they're in their push-out classrooms. All right. Reminder number three. This is what I see all the time, and this is the fact that just because we are the ESL teacher doesn't mean we are bilingual think to yourself right now have you ever wondered wow you work with all those different languages you know all those languages that is a misconception that happens all the time so let's just get that clear right now that esl teachers they don't need to know the languages because they're helping those students learn english Does it help sometimes to the language? Yes, sometimes it does, but teachers who don't know the student's language also do an amazing job helping those students because they know how to break it down and help them to build the English foundational skills that they need. So let's get that misconception out of our minds because being an ESL teacher doesn't mean that you have to know all the languages, that you're bilingual, that you that they know a better way to connect with families. That's all of our responsibilities. All it takes is to start with a place of wanting to meet the students where they're at and wanting to create a welcoming environment for them and their families. All of us could do that, and we all should be doing that. So so I want to encourage you as well in that if you are a homeroom teacher and you don't speak the, the language of your students that's okay. You don't have to be bilingual to work with with multilingual learners. You don't have to be bilingual to connect with the families. It all begins with caring. Start there. And then you'll see how other ways that you can connect using translators, using talking points, different apps like that. There's plenty of ways in the day that we live in where you can make those connections, even if you don't know the language. Alrighty, let's move on. Reminder number four, ESL teachers want to work together. They do. The question is, do the other teachers, do the homeroom teachers, do the specialist teachers, do they want to work together with ESL teachers? Do they see the the value in working together? Again, it goes back to that first one. Do you see your ESL teacher as a trained professional? One of the best models, and we're going to get into this in a, in a later on episode of different models to support English language learners. But One of the best models is co-teaching, where two teachers are in the classroom and they're working side by side. Now, one isn't better than the other. One is not in charge over the other. They work together. And this is where we have success for our students. But we need to have that attitude all together that we want to work together. So have those conversations. If you're a homeroom teacher and you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I want to work with my ESL teacher, go and tell them that. Go and set up a time that you guys can meet to, to start talking about, okay, what does co-teaching look like? We're going to have an episode about that coming up of tips for making co-teaching work. Because when it works, It is a beautiful thing, and it is where all of our students succeed. Because the reality is, the ESL teacher has scaffolds and strategies that not just the multilingual learners need, but all the students benefit from. So we want to utilize that. We want to bring this into the homeroom classroom. What a great thing to have two teachers, at least, in the classroom working and serving these students together. Every time I talk to an ESL teacher, they are so willing, so happy to go in and help however they can, but they need to feel like they are accepted, they are wanted, that they are welcome to come in the classroom and to give their expertise, to give their feedback and opinions. I know that it's hard sometimes. I, I've been in both shoes, so I get it. But I promise you, when, when you begin, if you begin with building these foundations and removing these misconceptions then you're at a place where you can begin to work together and it's going to be a great thing for you and for your students. The last reminder and something to encourage you with is that ESL teachers can't know it all. So give them grace. If you look at the schedule and the caseload of many ESL teachers, they are working with multiple grade levels, multiple language levels, And somehow they have to be experts in not just language development and language acquisition, but they also have to be experts in the content that they're teaching, that you're teaching in the homeroom classroom. We are expecting these ESL teachers to know how to take the content, even if they've never taught fifth grade. Okay, now you're working with fifth grade this year. So now you need to know fifth grade content. You need to know fifth grade social studies, science, math, ELA. And now you need to take that fifth grade content that you might just have been exposed to right now. And now you need to scaffold that for the different groups that you work with of language learners. So you see how that can be really overwhelming. There's a lot of content that they have to know. There's a lot of new content that's coming out. There's a lot of new ways to teach that are coming out. And for those who have an ESL certificate that maybe didn't, I have a... K through nine elementary degree and then went on to get my ESL. But for those who just initially have ESL, they don't have all the same training that a homeroom teacher would have. So they might not have experienced training on teaching a child to read or some of those, those core classes, they might have had linguistics instead. So don't just assume that they know it all. Give them a space to say, I'm not really sure how to do this, or I don't know a lot about this topic. You know, can you give me a few pointers on that? Because the sentiment I hear from the ESL community is that they are exhausted by trying to keep up with all of the content that they're trying to teach, along with all the language scaffolds and supports that they're trying to put in place for all the groups, grade levels, and language levels that they are supporting at once it is a lot and i did not see this and realize this before i became an esl teacher when i was a homeroom teacher i did not know what it was like to go through a day of being an esl teacher so give them grace start there work on these misconceptions and this i promise is going to be not, this is going to be bigger than small steps these are going to be huge steps to take to Build that foundation that is needed for everybody in the school to trust each other, to respect each other so that you can then teach at your full capacity, so that you can create a school environment where all students are welcomed and loved and supported. So your takeaway for today, if you are a homeroom teacher, listen to those misconceptions that I shared with you today. See if you have felt or thought any of those and make it right. Start fresh. Move forward. If you are an ESL teacher, be gracious. Go and share one of those. Have, start that conversation with a homeroom teacher in your school and work together to build that bond, that respect. And it starts with just one teacher, homeroom teacher, and one ESL teacher that start to work together. And as soon as others begin to see how powerful that is, how much easier it is for both teachers working together, they're going to want to join in too. So if you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling like, I'm working in a school where I'm not respected, people don't want to listen, people have all these misconceptions and we never talk about it, that's common. So you're not alone, but also find that one person. Find that person that's interested and wants to start trying to co-teach together or is interested and wants to do just some one-on-one coaching with you. There are people in your school who want to start shifting and becoming more culturally sensitive and working with their ELLs and taking on that responsibility in the homeroom classroom. Take that action today. We'll be back next week with four easy shifts to make to support ELLs in the homeroom classroom, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.